Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Well, this is the story of us. We started this series last week talking about the book of Acts and the stories that come. We're not going to teach line upon line like we normally would. We're going to teach story upon story. Last time we were together, we learned about how they were waiting for it. They were waiting for the promise. This week, I want to talk to you about the best birthday ever. In fact, I heard the story of a man who was turning a decade birthday. He's having a, a birthday celebration. He told his wife, you know what? I want, to, I want to get a dog for my birthday. And so she said, oh, okay, what kind of dog do you want? And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm really a strong conservative Christian, and so I want a strong conservative Christian dog. And so she said, okay, that's kind of weird, but um, we can go to the pet store and see what they've got. And so they drove down to the pet store, and they went in, and the, the clerk there behind the counter said, hi, can I help you guys? And, and, and the man stepped up. He said, yeah, it's my birthday, and I'm getting a dog. And, and the guy said, okay, what kind of dog would you like? And he says, well, I'm a, a strong conservative Christian, and so I'd like to find a strong conservative Christian dog. And the man looked at me and said, I've got just the dog for you. The man's wife is amazed. They're looking. The guy goes into the back, comes back out with a fine-looking dog. He says, watch this. Pray. The dog gets down, bends down, puts its paw over its nose, and starts to pray. Oh, my goodness. The man was just amazed looking at this dog going, what? I've never seen this before. He says, you think that's good? Watch this. Fetch. The dog runs over to a bookshelf behind the counter, starts sniffing around looking, pulls out a Bible, brings it back to the, the store manager's feet, and drops it right there. The guy says, this is great. This is wonderful. This is exactly what I was looking for. I'll take it. I'll buy the dog. So he buys the dog, and he takes it home, and he's just so proud of this dog. When he has the birthday party, finally, he invites all of his friends to come over, and he can't wait to show them this dog. And so here they are. They all gather together, and they're, they're singing, and they're doing the cake. He says, guys, I've got a surprise for you. Uh, you know, the, the best present that I could have asked for was for a dog, and I got a strong, conservative Christian dog. And they said, no way, what are you talking about? So he says, watch this, watch this. Hey, hey, pray. The dog gets down again, puts its paw over his nose, and starts to pray. They're all amazed. Oh, my goodness, what else can he do? He says, watch this, fetch. The dog runs into his bedroom, goes to his nightstand, grabs his Bible, runs back, and drops it at his feet. One of his friends says, well, that's, that's amazing. I can't believe that. Can he do any normal tricks, too, like regular dogs? The man was sitting there, and he goes, you know, I, I don't know that he can. I, I'm not real sure. And so he's sitting there on the couch, and he told the dog, he said, hey, heal. Dog ran, jumped on the couch, put his paw on his forehead, and started to pray over him. And the guy goes, oh, man, I've been taken. This dog is a Pentecostal dog. See, in Acts chapter number 2, we find that the believers are gathered together on the day of Pentecost. Many times we think about Pentecost in terms of belief systems or doctrines or theology. And yet the day of Pentecost was actually a celebration. It was the first fruits celebration of Israel. It was the time when the buds started to just produce and the, those first fruits started to come out of the harvest. And it was on that day that God decided to do something amazing. And he gave the church the best birthday ever. You know, I selected that title because in my family, there's a series of photographs that my, my parents put together. And, and uh, as I was showing my wife old pictures when we were first getting together, and we were looking through all these photographs. And we found these photographs of us as kids, and they were just like so incredibly happy. In fact, oh yeah, look, at, isn't that the cutest guy you've ever seen right there? Mickey Mouse hat and what is that, the GoBots? The GoBots? I mean, 
Anybody remember the GoBots? Any 80s kids, right? There's like three of us, right? All right. You guys remember the Transformers, right? We were so poor we couldn't afford the Transformers. That's why we had the GoBots, y'all. We got another one, I think. Look at that face right there, all right? Best birthday ever. So when we were looking through the pictures, we'd see a face like that, and my wife would go, that must have been the best birthday ever, you know? And then we'd flip a picture, and we'd see another face like that, and oh, best birthday ever. And it's become kind of a joke and kind of a thing for us. But as I look at Acts chapter number two, I start to see some images. I start to see some snapshots of things that God did at the birth of the church, and it was the best birthday ever. And today I want to just take a look at a couple of snapshots of the birth of the church. We're starting in Acts chapter number two. We're going to read verse number one through verse number four to get the first snapshot. Look at it with me in Acts chapter two, verse number one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse three, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, And one sat upon each of them, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What an amazing, powerful expression that happens here at the birth of the church. And the first snapshot that I see is that the Holy Spirit is given. You know, it's kind of rude to show up to a birthday party without a gift, isn't it? And don't you know that God would not be outdone? When the church was born, he gave the church the best gift that he possibly could give. And that gift was of himself. See, the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force. It's not just a, a, you know, like a, a, a mind thing or, you know, that sort of thing. No, this is the person of the Holy Spirit. God gave of himself when he birthed the church. I think it's appropriate that it was a mighty rushing wind because you think about when God formed man. When he formed Adam, he, he knelt down in the dust and he started to trace the form of man. And when he had finished and when he had created that man, what did he do? He breathed the breath, the ruach of God into him. Now, I didn't just have something in my throat there. I was quoting a Hebrew word, the ruach. It's the breath of God that God breathed into the spirit of man and created him and made him a living being. In the same way, in John chapter 20, we talked about it when Jesus came to the church, right, to the, the disciples that were assembled together for fear, and he breathes on them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. What's happening? They're being born again individually. Now they're receiving the Spirit of God on the inside of them. But Jesus told them after that, I want you to wait in Jerusalem, because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Spirit of God was in them. But now the Spirit of God is going to come upon them. They are now going to be submerged, baptized, completely enveloped in the power of the Holy Spirit. And with that baptism, with that submersion, with the Holy Spirit coming upon them, not only will there be power, explosive, miraculous power, there will be the love of God that's poured out on them. There will be expressions of that, the gifts and the graces of God that come out of their lives. There will be amazing things that take place and they will be witnesses They will be empowered to tell other people about Jesus. And that's what we see is given to them. See, both the public ministry of Jesus and the public ministry of the church began with the life-changing empowering of the Holy Spirit. And when we receive what Jesus received, then we can do what Jesus did. Let me say that again because some of you guys got that. Some of you guys are still processing. So let me say that again. When we receive... What Jesus received, the Spirit of God that descended on him like a dove. 
but now descends on the church like a mighty rushing wind. When we receive the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus, then we can do the same works that Jesus can do. Come on, is anybody listening today? That's why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. Why? Because he's going to send the Spirit of God, and there's not just one Jesus anymore unleashed on the earth. No, do you know the Christians means little Christ? That if you have the Spirit of God, you are the body of Christ, and now you represent him as his ambassador on the earth. But if you have his spirit, then you can do what he did. You can be led like Jesus was led. You can speak like Jesus spoke with authority and with the word of God. You can now do the miraculous. You can pray and see miracles happen. You can see the sick healed. You can see the dead raised. You can see blind eyes open and deaf ears loosed. Why? All because of the spirit of God that's poured out on the church. Is anybody listening today? When we receive what Jesus received, we can do what Jesus did. But what if I gave you a gift? What if it was your birthday? We're having the best birthday ever. And here comes Pastor Dan, and I got a box in my hand. A little sleek-looking box, colorful ribbon, a bow on it, a little tag that says your name from Pastor Dan and Jessica. We love you so much, right? And I'm just so excited. You know, I'm not the greatest gift giver. I'm, I'm usually like, gift card? You know, is that cool? I don't know, you know. I'm not that great at it, but, you know, there are some people that drive me nuts. It's like they almost want to make you cry when they give you a gift. So they've been, like, saving up all their money for six years, you know. They've been hand-carving wood and stone to create an image of you or something like that. They're going to present to you, and it's like, just get out of here, you know. So what if I was that kind of gift giver, and I found a gift that you wanted, right? And you open up that box, and you look inside. There's this sleek-looking electronic device. You say, what is it? I said, it's a universal remote. It does everything for you. You want to turn your car on, it'll turn your car on. You want to open your garage, it'll open your garage. You want to turn your television on, it'll turn your television on. Some of you guys are saying, Pastor, that's my iPhone. No, no, it's, it's even better than that, all right? You want to make your bed? Push your button, it'll make your bed. You, you want it to make you breakfast? What do you want, waffles? Right? Grits? We're talking about the Waffle House again. Here we go, right? What do you want? It'll make your breakfast, right? Wow, thank you so much, Pastor. This is wonderful, Right? And then let's say you invited me over to your house a couple weeks later. And I go to your house, and I see there on the tabletop, there in your living room, is my gift. Sitting in the box, collecting dust. How do you think I'd feel about that? Pretty bad, right? Why? Because you didn't like my gift. You didn't receive it. You didn't get any breakfast. You didn't make your bed. You just left it sitting there. You neglected it. What, what if this? What if, what if you were using it for a coaster? Got your water glass beaten up with all that condensation dripping down on the device. And I'm like, hey, it's not supposed to be doing that. Well, it can do that because it can do all sorts of stuff. But why are you using it for that? Right? What if you were using it, but you were using it the wrong way? How do you think that would make me feel? Pretty bad. You know the Holy Spirit's not a coaster? You know the Holy Spirit's not a universal remote? The Holy Spirit is a person. And do you neglect the people in your house? What if there was one person in your house that you just didn't talk to, didn't greet when you woke up in the morning, you ignored them, didn't look at them, didn't address them, didn't ever talk to them? Or maybe you did, you knew about them, you knew that they were in the room, but you never utilized all that that person had to offer to you, never asked them for guidance, never asked them to lead you, never tapped into the power that they have. See, I believe that a lot of the church knows who the Holy Spirit is, has them in the house, has even received the gift for some people, but they've never started to branch out and stretch out and start walking together and working together with the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is a snapshot. 
for all of us, that that spirit was poured out on the church and is now empowering and blessing and building the church. And we have to work together with the grace of God and utilize all of the things that the person of the Holy Spirit can do in our lives and in the lives of others. Can anyone say amen? Second snapshot that I see in the Word of God is from Acts chapter number 2, verse number 32. Acts chapter 2, verse number 32, it says this. It says, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. I need somebody to say witnesses. Say it again. Somebody say witnesses. Online, I need somebody to type witness in your text there. Go ahead and type that out right now. Say witness, all right? We are all witnesses. There's a snapshot that we get on the day of Pentecost, that these believers are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they run out into the streets, and they're declaring the wonderful praises of God. And now all of a sudden, people start mocking. They say, what is, what's going on here? And they're going, we hear the wonderful works of God in our own language. And Peter rises up, and he says, hey, guys, some of you guys are mocking and saying these guys are drunk. It's not even the ninth hour. You know what he said? He said, we haven't even had breakfast today. We're, we're not even at lunch. Lunch was the time when they would most likely have had their first glass of wine for the day. So he says, guys, it's, it's out of order. Remember, these are Jewish people. There was a system. They had the morning sacrifice. It was a feast. It was a festival, but there was law. There was order that they had to follow. And so he says, guys, these guys are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was prophesied in the Old Testament by the prophet Joel, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He says, this is the gift that God was giving to us. And now all of a sudden, he rises up and he says, the same Jesus was raised from the dead, and now we are all his witnesses. You know what that shows me? People from all over the world heard the word of God in their own language. There were people, you can read the list of nations and the list of places. It is literally from Europe to the Middle East to Asia, down into northern Africa. The known world at that time was present and gathered. This was Jews from all over the world as well as proselytes to Judaism that had come and gathered for this feast. And right there on the day of Pentecost, God brings a witness to the nations right off the bat. You know what that shows me about God? shows me that everybody is invited to the party. God is not exclusive. God didn't just say, hey, this is just for these guys, the 120 in the upper room. Just stay there. Just hang out. You can pray over each other. You can fall down and be slain, you know, and have some fun, all that good stuff, right? Nothing wrong with that. But listen, these guys got filled with the Holy Ghost. First things first, let's get out and get this message out to the rest of the world. God is doing something in this place. Everyone's invited to the party. God was not excluding nations. He wasn't excluding people, and neither should the church. God is saying, I want to invite everybody in. You guys like photo booths at parties? I love the photo booths. It's always fun to see people dressing up and being silly, being goofy. In fact, this is a picture of me and Pastor Jess. We were at a 60th birthday party for one of our members and just had a good time there. I'm working that Hawaiian hat. And then Pastor Jess steals the show because she's so pretty. My goodness, she's so beautiful. And I'm so blessed, man. I'm way out of my league. But, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're always having fun. And I love looking at those pictures back. I love seeing those. In fact, at our 40th birthday, we had one of those ones that they did the little strips, you know, where you got the four different pictures all in a row. And I love seeing how people do that. Always got to be one where you're just kind of smiling, right? Then there's the kiss one. There always has to be a kiss one, especially for couples, right? And, and if it's not a couple, you know, like brothers and sisters, they'll, like the, they'll kiss the cheek or something like that. There's always the kiss picture. And then, then there's always like the silly one at the end, right, where you just kind of let loose and you, and you hang out. You know, it's just fun to see. But this picture that I see of the witness of Jesus Christ shows me that God had a photo booth. And he invited everybody in the party, and God wanted a picture with you 
and with you and with you and with you and with me and with you and with those of you online. God wanted a picture. God wanted to be in the picture with you. God wanted to include everyone. You know, the Bible says every tribe, every nation, every tongue. The book of Revelation says the ethos came into the kingdom of God. That is the ethnicities. That is all of the races, all of the cultures, all of the backgrounds, all of the skin colors. God was not exclusive. The gospel in its nature is inclusive. And that's the snapshot we get on the day of Pentecost. Last one for us today is this. Last one for us today is this. Is the gospel. I'm sorry, third snapshot. We find it in Acts chapter 2 verse 11. In the New Living Translation it says this. And we hear all these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. If you read on in Acts chapter number 2, you'll find that the church after it was formed after 3,000 people gave their hearts and lives to Jesus that day and were baptized, that there was a community of believers that formed, and they were committed to one another. They were committed to gathering together. They were committed to breaking bread. They had communion together, and they shared meals. They were committed to doing good works. They were doing good deeds, not to get them saved, no, but because they were saved. They were committed to helping each other out. You know, the Bible says that if they had extra stuff, you know, I got an extra couple of jet skis I haven't used in years. I want to go ahead and sell those things and give them to the people that are in need in our church. See, they didn't hold anything as their own, but they used it for the community of believers. And the Bible says that that in itself was a witness. That unity, that oneness, that love. Now all of a sudden was a witness to the people around them. And the Bible records that those that were being saved were added to the church daily, every day. Why? Because of the love of the people. See, it's amazing to see how this band of men who at one time were fighting over who was the greatest now stand together in unity and allow the leadership of the Holy Spirit to speak through them individually, but also through one man. If you notice, the Bible says Peter standing with the eleven. No longer were they like, wait, wait, Peter, I'm going to give the first sermon. Wait, no, Jesus said we could sit at his right hand and his left hand. Didn't you hear my mama, right? None of that. Peter stood with the 11. They were backing him. They recognized the Holy Spirit's on Peter right now to proclaim this gospel. And they stood together. They stood united. They stood as one man. And as Peter declared that message, now all of a sudden 3,000 people get saved. But guess what happens? That 3,000 is now included in that one man. 3,120 believers, and then it's growing day by day by day. Why? Because Jesus prayed for us in John chapter number 17, and he said, Father, I will that they be one as we are one, I and you and you and me. See, when the Spirit of God is given, and when we receive the Holy Ghost in and on our lives now, it's not a private thing anymore. It's a public witness, and now people can come in, and they're going to know us by our love. They're going to know us by our unity. They're going to know us by how much we take care of each other. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to give the Lord a praise for that. From this birth of the church comes the new way of life for all of the believers. And I would encourage you this week to read this chapter again and to take a look at these snapshots that God gives us of the best birthday ever. Sin had divided us from God and eventually from each other. Families were broken apart with murder. Nations were formed when pride broke us apart and the language was confused. Remember in the Tower of Babel, God confuses their language and he scatters people to the nations, no longer in unity. And it's on this best birthday ever, it's on this day of Pentecost 
the celebration of the first fruits, that God uses the same thing that divided us to now unite us. He uses language to bring peoples together from all over the world. The Holy Spirit's given. There's a witness of the disciples. And now everyone's invited in. We see the unity of the believers. Wow, what a picture of the church. I'm gonna ask no one to get up, no one to leave during this time, even online. Don't log off just yet. God wants to do something significant in your life. We're going to do two things. We're going to have some moments of prayer. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit because the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse number 39, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Do you know that God has called your name? Do you know that God knew you before he ever formed the earth? That you were in God's heart the Bible says he created you in your mother's womb, and now he calls you to be his own. We've been invited to the party. God wants a picture with you at the booth, but you have to accept the invitation. Peter, as he stood there on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse number 36 through verse number 38, says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. What does that mean? Lord means boss. He's the leader of everything. He is the one ruling and reigning. He is our king. But guess what else he is? He is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. He is the one who can save us from our sins. We were headed for hell because our sin had separated us from God. And the Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is perfect. No, not one. You're not going to make it to heaven based on your own goodness. You can't work your way or earn your way into the graces of God. You have to submit your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Look at Peter's response. Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was given on the day of Pentecost is available to you and I today. But we have to repent. What does repent mean? It means I was going this direction. I had a change of mind, a change of heart, and I turned and I went God's direction. That's what repentance means. It means that I'm no longer going to go that way. I'm going to go God's way. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.